Coming to you from sunny Sacramento, it's How I Built My Business, an entrepreneur podcast. I'm Dave Carlson, and thank you so much for listening. This show is brought to you by Carlson O'Connell Commercial Real Estate. We help businesses lease and purchase office space. This podcast is for business owners and entrepreneurial nerds to share their stories. It's a support group for those of us who just can't help but start businesses. I'm very excited to have my friend Derek Warmerdam. He is the owner of Sacramento Mid-Century. He's going to be telling us all about an industry that uh, I don't know very much about, so I'm very excited to learn about his path to where he is now, you know, the you know trials and tribulations of starting this business were like. Very excited. Derek, thank you so much for taking the time. Happy to be here, Dave. We're a little self-deprecating, and the first question we'd like to start with is describe the worst job you've ever had without naming the employer so we don't get sued. Absolutely. Uh, definitely don't want you to get sued. Um, I was, uh, I grew up around entrepreneurs um, pretty much my entire life. And I, I had definitely had some interesting ones. I'd say the most, the worst job I've ever had was working with my stepdad um, um, in his Italian ice company. Started an Italian ice company and I was probably 12. And every day he would love to wake me up at five in the morning to get up in the freezing cold and set up a kiosk uh, at the local flea market. Oh my gosh, 5 a.m. And was this in California or, you know, God forbid this is somewhere in the Midwest where it's really, really cold? Luckily, um, it was here um, in town. It was actually at the Galt Flea Market of all places. <laughs> so every week, it was kind of like a, you know, he was like a struggling entrepreneur, just seeing what stuck. And were, and were you working for free rent or were you uh, able to keep tips or how'd that go? At, at 12 years old, they weren't having me pay rent yet, luckily. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, uh, I did walk away, you know, with about five bucks and some free Italian ice at the end of it. That doesn't sound uh, that doesn't sound absolutely terrible. I feel like that's probably what my dad would have paid me as well. So uh, gotta love the uh, the, the free worse. family labor. Obviously, you are you are no longer at the Gulf Flea Market. Uh, tell us a little Correct. bit about your business and you know kind of the, you know what it took to get where you are now. So, like I said earlier, I've been really um, blessed, been lucky to be around so many entrepreneurs from day one. Uh, my uh, grandfather came here from Holland uh, around World War II just to uh, get out of that situation um, for good reason. Uh, and my father um, now runs a farm um, out in uh, Lodi, a grape a grape farm. So uh, we, I was born around that. Um, I I was uh, it was commonplace for me to get out and pull weeds on weekends, run tractors, um, and uh, you know same same kind of deal. Wake up at like four in the morning, make sure that harvest gets done properly. So that was a big part of my uh, my childhood um, was just being on the farm doing the dirty work, and it was very normal to me. Um, no one ever told me it was should be any different. Um, and so growing up, I always had that in the back of my head that, you know, saw my dad and saw my grandfather and all these people um, putting in these crazy hours and in tough, tough labor kind of jobs. And uh, there was always a part of me that wanted that as well. With that said, uh, you know, there was always that pet path that I wanted for myself. But being in the arts, you, there was always it was always foggy and it always seemed kind of out of reach. Um, it, it always looked so interesting, um, but never saw a way forward, uh, especially with, you know, kind of what my family um, did. It was totally different uh, kind of thing. 
So after uh, moving to LA, um, I had a partial scholarship to the Art Center College of Design, which is a very prestigious art school as a photographer. So I, I'm a classically trained photographer. Essentially, I, it just uh, I realized later that the, the skills that I got by doing that really were instrumental moving forward. That is awesome. It's funny you say that you're a trained photographer because I was looking through your website, your Instagram, and your photos are absolutely beautiful. Do you have a studio on site? Do you take those photos yourself? So to this day, that's one thing I am completely in you know, I still do myself. Um, I, because I'm a photographer, I, you know, it was very easy for me to make, make that dive into the e-commerce space. And that's, I put that as one of the forefront reasons why we've been so successful is, you know, in art school or in LA, you're, it's so competitive. If you're not putting in these crazy hours or, um, you know, doing the dirtiest of jobs, you're never going to pay rent. Absolutely. So it seems like the work ethic comes from, you know, an agricultural background, the entrepreneurial spirit comes from sounds like several generations. And then you were looking for a way to, you know, take something that you enjoy, like your art, and put it into something that you could sell and, and you know, be your own boss. Correct. And, you know, as you look around, you know, you see, see people selling prints, and you see people trying to do these things. And, you just re- I just realized like, you know, weddings and, and baby photos were not for me. I was in it for the art and that never really materialized. The great thing about that was that these random, seemingly random skills did come together uh, through this business. Tell us about your business now, what you sell. I, you know, obviously I'm aware you got a beautiful website and some amazing product, but, uh, you know, tell the audience a little bit about where you are today and what you're selling. We sell original 1960s design, um, if that be art, if that be abstract, um, you know, prints. Primarily, our biggest market is in furniture. So now in a time where people are buying um, houses, um, where the, the, the housing market directly affects what we're doing, um, it's been a great time to kind of go all out into this market. And what, and what about 1960s design do you love or did you just see a need and you kind of went it like, you know, did the, did the demand influence it or was it something you already loved and then you found the demand? Sure. So when I came back to Sacramento from LA, um, I gravitated toward thrifting garage sailing as kind of like a escape from, from work. And that was something I do for fun and soon realized that in this area, particularly, it's just not quite as, you know, appreciated. Um, maybe I would say it's just better to easier to get a start in that because sometimes it would be overlooked. And so I started working for an estate sale company. And from there, um, I just saw how easy it was to start selling things online. And so I would start selling this, sell that until I just kind of focused primarily on the sixties design where a lot of people, my age 30, it's kind of like a couple different range of people who buy the stuff. It's people my age. And then it's people from that time period. Um, so you get kind of the entrepreneurs, the tech people, uh, a lot of older folk, um, as well who grew up around the stuff. Um, all that, all those kind of are, are my clients essentially, when I, when I found out that all these random skills I had that I thought were meaningless came together, 
um, I was able to kind of move it forward at an incredible speed. Um, I had some old friends of mine who started seeing sales come in and I would be so excited about it. They started asking me questions and eventually a couple of them wanted to team up and uh, work with me. And uh, that's when we landed our first warehouse. From there, um, you know, we just kept growing incrementally year after year. I, you know, made the connections and, and, you know, really just kind of learned everything as I went. I had no like official training in any of this. It was just kind of trial and error. And uh, slowly but surely, um, we brought in new talent and uh, incrementally grew. And, and now we're at, at our second location and we're hoping to, uh, grow into another one later this year. Absolutely. That is so exciting. So tell me about where, where is your inventory coming from? Are you, are you getting brand new stuff that is designed to look old or is it authentically old and you're refurbishing it? Tell us a little bit about that. So that's kind of what makes our business unique is we obtain our, that is the hardest part of the business is obtaining the inventory. And we have contacts in Europe that I have made over the years who are sourcing product for me. I'm also in the meantime, sourcing it locally through contacts I have. And uh, of course, can't give away all the secrets, but um, <laughs> we we have a lot of different sources. But honestly, sometimes it takes driving five hours for one table um, to really make this business make that inventory sustainable. But no, it is authentic 1960s designer furniture. Um, and then we, re- we uh, refurbish everything on site. Okay. That makes sense to me because the photos look so amazing and it looks authentic. It looks, you know, legitimately worn, you know, it, it kind of a beautiful way. I mean, your website says, you know, good furniture design, you know, it is functional art, which I thought was really cool. And that kind of put a different lens on me looking at this. It's, it's not just, you know, something that you sit in, it's a conversation piece. It's something that is, is really decorative for your house too. Right. So it's like, um, you know, you, when you have someone come over, you're, you're using it, you're talking about it, you're enjoying it. And there's something about a lot of this stuff that, um, makes you feel something, uh, makes you think about it a certain way, um, where most of the, most of these pieces were designed as something that is, um, has a function. So how do we leverage the function of this item and not have all these extra wooden flowers built into it? And a lot of it's just watered down to this very clean lines and design. And your customers, it sounds like you're shipping nationwide. How are your customers finding you? So primarily all of our market, uh, we, we've leveraged the online market. And as you know, I'm, I just turned 30 a couple of years ago. I grew up around this and I want to buy everything from my phone. I want to buy everything from a website. So they find us through, we, we've done our research and we've gone as far as we can with um, search engine optimization. We sell on Etsy, we sell on eBay, we sell on our own website. And with all those together, you know, we were busy enough to just um, keep growing year after year, but primarily, um, you know, eBay and Etsy have been huge drivers and uh, that we almost have to spend no time with the marketing. You know, when you're a one man show or you have a small team of people that no one we don't have a single person that works full time here. Um, you have to like have kind of these force multipliers and that's what all these online um, platforms have been for us. Multiplier. Yeah. I like that. That's a great, great way to put it. 
so it sounds like sourcing is is kind of a continuing, um, I don't know if a struggle is the right word, but a challenge. Um, you know, what's another thing that's been hard about starting a business? Um, I'd say that the hardest thing, um, you know, is really you're just putting in these endless hours, hoping that something sticks, hoping that your plans worked out. I've recently been learning about the stock market myself, and it, it, it just brings me back to a time, you know, when you're just biting your, you know, your, um, you're chewing on your fingernails, figuring out if you're going to be able to pay your bills that month. Um, so that was one of the hardest things. And you're just this, you have no safety net. Um, you don't get paid for years on end. You know, I've been at this for five years now and uh, only recently has it been, um, you know, uh, really been worth the, worth the time. The, the other time was just building from scratch. And because I loved it, um, I would say that there's a, st- a quote that always sticks with me uh, from Elon Musk. Starting a business is like eating glass and staring into the abyss. And that's always <laughs> been something that has totally stuck with me. And I tell that to my team all the time because it it's, it's, it's brutal out there. <laughs> Uh, that's 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 a great quote. I have not heard that before, and I certainly understand where you're coming from. It's interesting. We ask this question, and a, and a lot of people tell us the same answer, but in very different ways. And it's just that leap of faith, and it's the convincing yourself to put the hours in, even though you're not guaranteed a paycheck. That's something a lot of people are not comfortable with, and it really takes a certain personality and I think a, a certain kind of courage to keep putting those hours in when you're not guaranteed payment. Absolutely. It gets scary. Um, and you, once you start seeing that little sun, sunshine, sunlight at the end of the tunnel is when you're, you're like, okay, I think I can do this. Oh, absolutely. And, and in, in the dollars you do earn, you know, when you're not just being paid a, a paycheck from HR every two weeks, you know, yeah. those dollars are so much more valuable. You know, I, oh, yeah. I There's know. some sense of pride, you know, when you can take your friends, you know, you can, after years of work, I can, okay, I can finally take my friends out for a beer now. Um, you know, where before it's like, okay, what do you, you know, where, where initially people are looking at me like, okay, you're garage sailing. Uh, what is, how is this going to turn into anything? Um, so it's very interesting how that, how that all uh, evolves. Absolutely. That's great. That, that is certainly great. Uh, so what is a mistake that you've made that you won't make again? Sure. Um, I think that once you do something for, a long period of time, you see it through a certain lens. And I think that when I first started hiring people, I thought everybody had, you know, you, you just, for some reason, you think everyone had the same, has had the same experiences as you and sees it the same as you. Every person has to be looked at differently and understood. And, uh, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I made is just thinking everyone was like me and could put in those long hours and care as much about things as I do. And um, now I've learned that each person has a strong suit and uh, and some downfalls and including myself. And the the best way to move forward is for, for me is by, by finding out what those strong suits are and the downfalls are and putting each person into the best possible place to succeed. So I limit, even limit myself on what I do because I know what I'm good at and I know what others are good at. So that would be my biggest mistake. I think is just initially not understanding that. 
Absolutely. That's such a great point. I think that we are all guilty of assuming the way we look at something is the way everyone's going to look at it. And I think that's a great point of learning how to manage people. And how many how many employees do you have or how many people are working with you? We just hired our fifth um, employee. So it's just been a slow incremental growth. Wow. That's that, still, that's impressive though. You know, I think there's a lot of people that go their entire life without managing one person, let alone five. So uh, absolutely. Well, that's something cool. interesting about me, Dave. I'm not a, <laughs> if you would have told me I would be managing five people, I would have uh, laughed at you a few years ago. <laughs> uh, and it's not really my personality, but that's been one of the greatest things about owning a business is you can, you, you learn all that you obtain all these skills that you never thought you would have. And, uh, I've really enjoyed kind of be learning how to manage and learning how to deal with different types of people. It's been fun. One thing that I love about kind of learning your story here is now that I'm seeing, you know, where, you know, the photography background, the working for estate sales, you know, like you see how these pieces of the puzzle kind of come together to your business now. And I just love hearing how that happened. I mean, sometimes people just completely fall backwards into a business and it works, but in your case, I see how all of these different things sort of led to where you are. And kind of like you said, it, you know, this random set of talents is perfectly suited for what you're doing right now. Right. And I didn't expect it. And I had to look kind of when it all started, uh, pieces all started coming together. I had to look back on it and like, wait a minute, all that stuff I did that I thought maybe didn't work out. It all ended up falling perfectly in place. That is so cool. Okay, very cool. Well, I mean, obviously, you have a lot of different things to be proud of. Is there anything in particular about your business you're especially proud of? I think um, the few things I'm most proud of is the team I have put to, been able to put together. We're all young guys. Um, we just hired, a, you know, we're all young people, I would say. Um, and we, I, I kind of grabbed people as I went, we grew as, as we went. And now we have everybody, um, you know, kind of, we, we, we're all professionals now. And, you know, we're all, you know, 35 or younger. And so it's like, we're kind of putting this young, like kind of interesting spin on something that typically is done by someone who's a little bit older or who was living through this era of, you know, the sixties. Um, so I find that to be one of the things I'm most proud of. Uh, the other is that, you know, I wake up every day, um, just excited to come into work and I built, uh, uh, my, my personal dream job. And I think I have done that also for others around me as well. Great point. When it's something you're excited about, it's not a drag to go to work every day. I think we all, I mean, for you, it sounds like maybe the 5am wake up, uh, call for the, uh, the golf flea market, <laughs> but I, I'm sure you and I have both had plenty of jobs where you wake up and your first thought is just like, Oh man, I do not want to do what I know I'm going to be doing today. And it is a total 180 flip of lifestyle when you're like, Oh, I got this going on today. I'm pretty excited about it. Let's see how it goes. Exactly. Every day is a new, new adventure. Um, that's another great thing about what we do. Every, every day is completely different. It's, it's, although it's all in the same line of work, it's never, uh, forced. It's never, um, you know, monotonous really. It's always some new challenge, especially, I mean, there's some really complicated things that we have to solve on a day to day. And, uh, that's one thing I, I just absolutely love. 
Very cool. I'm totally with you. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our very important and high paying sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Carlson O'Connell Commercial Real Estate. Carlson O'Connell helps business owners buy and lease commercial buildings. Are you tired of spending hard-earned money on expensive commercial rent? Go to carlsonoconnell.com to schedule a no-pressure, free lease versus own analysis. With record low commercial interest rates and 10% down SBA loans, you could be your own landlord. Trade in your monthly lease payment for an appreciating real estate asset to supercharge your net worth. Contact Carlson O'Connell for more information. License number 01977101. And we're back with my friend Derek Warmerdam. He's the owner of Sacramento Mid Century. He's been telling us all about how his very unique skill set uh, kind of brought him to develop his own dream job, which is so cool. Uh, he's told us about how he's built his business. We'll talk a little more about that at the end, but uh, we're going to get into kind of our, our random fun questions. So, next one is uh, Who is your favorite sports team? You only get one. All right. So I, uh, I hate to disappoint you, Dave, um, but I'm not a huge sports fan. My, my dad is, my family is, but some of my greatest memories are going to uh, the Oakland, uh, Oakland athletic games. Uh, I remember going as a kid, frying up some burgers. Uh, my oh, dad yeah. made some beer while I was probably uh, underage, uh, but uh, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't beat that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a baseball, a baseball game with your dad, especially is really, it has nothing to do with baseball, right? I mean, it's spending time together. It's being out in the sun. I mean, that's great. Yeah. And that has to be why it's my best sports, uh, you know, sports memory right there, just because it's not necessarily about sports, but yeah, you can't beat it going with your dad, getting there early, hanging out, you know, on the back of the the truck, you know, you really can beat it. And it's one of those things where I think people that don't, you know, people that don't necessarily get super into sports, they still love to go to the ballpark. You know, I think that's why the river cats are popular. I mean, everyone, it's a very conversational sport. Like you really have to be paying attention the entire time. And I think it's great for that. Exactly. And, uh, you know, uh, you put on a, a four hour baseball game, Hey, maybe not be as interested, but if I'm there in person, I can get one of those hot dogs and a beer with my dad. I'll take that any day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm totally with you. Very cool. Uh, so what is a good book you've read or listened to recently? All right. So I, <laughs> this is always my answer to this question. I, um, I'm not, I don't have a whole lot of time to read lately, but um, there's a book that I, I listen to or read yearly, which is the the Four Hour Work Week by Tim. I believe it's Tim Ferriss. Yes, uh, it's because uh, kind of being a solo guy for so long, it was like, how can I milk another hour out of my day? How can I? And it and it's it's a book based so much on efficiency and how to um, make each day uh, more efficient. And that's what I love about the book. And every time I listen to it, I pick up a little bit more on how to do that. I, I need to re-listen to that one. Uh, I love that Good. book. I, I feel like that's gotta be, you know, that's, that's almost a Bible for, for entrepreneurs, especially you and I's age where, you know, it, it yes. was just a, a total shift in perception, you know, like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think it's, it's aspirational. I'm sure there are people that have four hour work weeks. I know that you and I are not there yet, but I'm not uh, one of those, but I will, uh, if I can get an extra half an hour, I'll take that. Absolutely. No, that's, that's a great call. Great book. Okay. Um, what's the last song you listen to? Feel free to lie. All right, Dave. So are you for, I have a question for you. So you're a musician. 
Yes, I play guitar and, and sing a bit. Uh, you know, I, I I like to play music and I have a hard time calling myself a musician, even though I play every day, but I don't know sure. what that is. Sure. So I, uh, I always grew up, I grew up in like a, a different kind of, of, of scene in my, in my teenage years, I was really into like heavy metal and indie music. Now to this day, it's, it's what we listen to kind of here at the shop, all of us here. So can't tell you a song, but heavy metal and in uh, kind of indie music in the background. Absolutely. I get that. There's something, whatever you listen to in high school, there's a nostalgia to it. So it's, yeah, uh, I guess it's mostly nostalgia, I have to admit, but I, I love it. Oh, I'm, they, they've done studies that show that music that was popular when you were younger makes you feel like you were back and you were younger and it, and it just makes you happier. I think that's you know yeah. pretty well documented. Well, and there's something too about uh, metal music. As soon as I put it on, I seem to work faster. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I could, I could kind of, I could kind of see, uh, you know, uh, you and your employees, you know, in, in the wood shop, you know, restoring, you know, this awesome furniture and just blasting some metal like that. That makes sense to me. That's exactly. That's right. You got a good visual going there. That's beautiful. Okay, awesome. Well, you know, in closing, uh, you know, is there anything that you'd like to tell the audience about your business, like any, you know, any promotion? or any particular piece you're really excited about or anything that you're looking for. Um, here's your chance to kind of say anything I didn't give you a chance to say. Sure, Dave. Um, so I would say, you know, in a, in a time of quick uh, deliveries and, in uh, you know, furniture you have to build yourself, um, you know, we offer quality and efficiency in uh, uh, the mid-century modern furniture space in an online furniture business. When people order from us, you're essentially getting it delivered to your house for free. We build the price in. And so no matter where you are in the country, you can order from us and it shows up at your door in a couple of weeks without you having to deal with shippers, with you dealing with any of the messy side of the business. And that's what makes us different. Check us out at midcenturysacramento.com. We also have a, a sizable following on Instagram at midcenturysacramento. You have to check out these photos. Now we know Derek takes them himself. They are just beautiful pieces. I think that's really cool about the, the, the free shipping. That's something that I didn't understand. And I would assume that, you know, one barrier, at least in people's minds is, you know, they want to get this piece, but, you know, they're not sure how much it's going to cost to get over to them. So I, I think that offering that free shipping, you know, maybe gives them a little peace of mind that, you know, even if they're in, you know, Manhattan, they can order from your warehouse here in Sacramento, California. California and know they're going to get a nice piece that's going to be delivered nicely and they're not going to have to worry about the logistics. Exactly. And we just understand who our clients are. You know, they're usually busy people. They're sometimes they're business owners themselves and they don't have time to be calling around five shippers, getting the best rate, uh, you know, waiting on a callback, figuring out the timeline. We handle that and we handle that for a reason because we know that that's extremely important and it's, it's, it's complicated. Um, not everybody's a logistics manager. So why don't we do that for them? Um, and and we, we make it as simple as we possibly can because we understand that's what people want. And, and, and also, you know, when there, it is in the time of Amazon, we're trying to give people that experience in the furniture, uh, in the furniture game or in the furniture market. 
absolutely that that makes complete sense so a few other just kind of random questions on your website wrote on me okay perfect on on your website you know you have so many different you know different types of pieces you know it's it's not like some cookie cutter here are the three things we make you have all different types which i think is really awesome do you are, are you kind of you know, does all of this variation come from what you're finding or are you, you know, are there certain things that you know sell, sell well and so you kind of seek those out and then other things you're just kind of experimenting with to see whether people like them? Sure. Great question. Uh, it's a mix of the two, I would say. Um, I get in, I, I'm lucky that I get into situations where I can buy um, stuff that I know will sell. I have a very good understanding of the market and what things sell for and therefore what I need to get them for. You know, we, uh, we, we keep all that data. And, uh, and then sometimes I stumble upon something I've never seen before, but I know there's someone out there who's going to have to have it. And uh, in our business, you know, it, it's one person we're, we're going to help satisfy the needs of one person, not necessarily hundreds of people because each piece we sell is a one-off. Interesting. And do, do you ever have people come in and just say, I love this piece and this piece and and they, they start to almost decorate their house with several pieces or is it a lot of people ordering one at a time? Well, that's actually our goal is to be kind of the one-stop shop in the area while also being an online real retailer. And if one person, you know, for for the person that wants to come in and pick one thing or pick this one special item, um, we have that as well. But then in person, if someone just bought a house, you know, in Land Park and they need five different pieces, then we got it for you. We got dressers, we have art, we have dining sets, um, we have end tables. We, we go as far as selling, uh, you know, restoring and selling old um, stereo consoles. Um, and you can, you know, now you can even put connect Bluetooth to that. So we try to be a, a full service store, um, essentially a one-stop shop. That is so cool. Well, I got to say, looking at those stereo consoles, they are just absolutely beautiful. And I think maybe the ultimate uh, Instagram video would be blasting some metal out of those beautiful 1960s stereo to really give the awesome kind of juxtaposition that you guys got going on. You got you. you you're right on. I think I'm going to have to uh, throw that up on my Instagram later because that's a great idea. <laughs> that is awesome, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. Um, it's been so interesting learning about what you're doing. And, uh, you know, just thank you again for telling us your story. Dave, thank you so much. I really enjoyed being here. Well, I'm sure you and I will be catching up soon and uh, have a great rest of your day. You as well. Thanks, Dave. Thanks again for listening. Uh, if it weren't for you and our guest, I'd just be talking to myself. Until next time, support local businesses and stay happy. This podcast is brought to you by Carlson O'Connell Commercial Real Estate. Carlson O'Connell helps business owners buy and lease commercial buildings. Are you tired of spending hard-earned money on expensive commercial rent? Go to carlsonoconnell.com to schedule a no-pressure, free lease versus own analysis. With record low commercial interest rates and 10% down SBA loans, you could be your own landlord. Trade in your monthly lease payment for an appreciating real estate asset to supercharge your net worth. Contact Carlson O'Connell for more information. License number 019